Welcome to another Chills with TFC session. And in this series, we hope to bring on all sorts of interesting people to help us learn better from various perspectives, right? Life is not always about learning from the people that you agree with. Perspectives shape around the thinker. So in our pursuit of the life we love or managing our finances well, I hope you learn from different people. And voila, our guests for today is Dylan and Ava So from One Kind House. An interesting duo, very young in their teens that has, you know, for like a better way to put it, fall out of the OG system. Most people have a certain narrative. We go to schools and then, you know, we just kind of go along. But their family, it's very interesting. Uh, the guys from One Kind House, right? They have a very different way of looking at the world. It's always about solving problems. It's always about what is the next problem you want to solve and what are the things you want to pursue and not so much about, okay, this is what you need to do and this is what what's next, what's next, right? So I think they have a great way of managing their lives, great way of looking at what life is about. So I have decided to put the dad and the mom aside and just talk to the kids because I think they provide a different perspective and they have launched their own Kickstarter project. They write their own blog, you know, they paint their own house, all sorts of stuff. Very interesting duo, a very interesting family. And so welcome back to Chills with TFC. Good morning, everyone. Today in the house, we have a very interesting family to say the least. They have converted one of their homes to become a, like a you know, creative community space. You know, they didn't even lock the gates huh, when I was here. More importantly, I'm super curious about how education, learning, growth is envisioned in this household. So I mean, Daddy Kelvin right, must have done some real interesting thoughts to really propagate into his next generation. And they have already done multiple TED Talks, Kickstarter projects while they were in school. So happy to introduce you guys to So Family from One Kind House, Dylan and Ava. Hi. Hello. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, tell, tell me about your, uh, your latest Kickstarter. My latest Kickstarter is the uh, child of my previous Kickstarter in 2016, which is actually called the GIY Stick. And the GIY Stick had the goal of making cities fertile. And that was basically a way where if you recycle cloth and you recycle a bottle, you could uh, automatically water your plant. Uh, following capillary action, the plant would water itself. Uh, but that was assuming that people were used to uh, farming and farming in their apartments and farming with soil, uh, which we realized wasn't always the case, right? People didn't want insects in their house. Uh, people still, still weren't accustomed to the idea of growing things. So we knew that to follow that dream of making cities fertile, we'd have to make apartments fertile. Uh, and to make apartments fertile, there has to be a farming unit that can adapt to any apartment. Because you look at all the ones out there, well, they do their job very well, they take up a lot of space. And realistically, if you're living in a HGB, you don't have that kind of space. So why not have a farming unit that can adapt to any apartment, attach your walls, your window grills, your balconies, and you can farm anything you want. Uh, no mosquitoes, no soil, no insects either. And that's the uh, one kind block, the latest Kickstarter. Project. So did you successfully fund your previous one? The previous one in 2016, yes. And then it sold, and then uh, it went very well, and some of the proceeds went into making this the one. current one kind block. Okay, so is it still selling, the other one? Are you selling through distributors or something? Uh, no, we are just selling from here and from our website. Okay. From One Kind House and from our website. Okay. And yourself? So from a young age, I was very interested in female empowerment and also fashion design. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to incorporate the two. But the concept of empowerment is a very hard concept to grasp. So last Chinese New Year, I was eating a love letter on my finger. 
and I ate it halfway and I realised it looks a bit like a ring, right? And then I went home, I did my research and I found out the story behind it is these Peranakan girls would give like their love letters but hidden in this biscuit. Like they would give it to boys. So I like that idea, but oh, instead, it's a thing. Yeah, it's a it's apparently. A, apparently, it's apparently, a thing. Oh, okay, okay. It's, it, I, I think it's one of those things where like you don't see anymore. Yeah, you don't see <laughs> you it, right? Definitely like, don't nobody see talks anymore. about it. Okay. Yeah. But mm-hmm. I thought instead of giving it to someone else, you should give it to yourself as a way to show that you love yourself. And I think self-love is important because self-confidence comes from self-love. And I think that self-confidence is what you need to change the world. Okay. And um, have you guys thought about like, your future like are you hopeful for your future am i hopeful so because i'm not living with dylan (laughs) that's a sister man to be fair my living ideas are a bit otherworldly outwardly yeah yeah could you just share with us more i'm curious man i mean that's why we're here right there's two options Mm. there's two options i think um the first one the name might be a bit off but uh the this the it's the thought that counts. Uh, it's called the Belas Seven Five Seven Ten or something along those lines, and it's the biggest uh, like dump truck in the world. And there's only a handful, I think, and each one costs a couple million dollars. And it's like this three story high, those big wheel things lah. And then it's got a huge. Uh, that's a moving well, shop house. shovel kind yeah. of thing. So yeah. there's actually a whole like balcony area, which if you had the vision, you could turn into a living, living area. A dump truck. A dump truck. And then the top part, which holds all the soil or whatever you're dumping, you can grow plants there. So it's a self-sustaining, moving, traveling home. Can't be in Singapore. It would have to be in like a desert or a jungle somewhere. The next option, <laughs> the next option would be a hearse, mm. and turning that into a camper van because a hearse is already designed to hold people, so it works out like. So you want to be on the road? I think so. Huh? I think so. And why so? Why so? I I don't know. I think. I think okay. I think it was a Ben Ten thing. You know, Ben Ten uh, lived I in a camper van. Mm-hmm. I think it. I think it was that. Yeah, yeah. that inspired it. Yeah, definitely. But I think. If I if I live in other countries, I can't live in in uh, one place unless I'm working. I mm. wouldn't have to be moving all the time. Okay, that's interesting. And yourself? I don't know what I want to do when I grow. Like our parents, they always ask like, "What problem do you want to solve when you grow up?" And so, what do you want to become when you grow up? So and to be a, a like, jack of all trades, master. Of yeah, a few. Dylan can talk about it, but mm. um, like I don't really know what I'm gonna be when I grow up. I just kind of, I'm just kind of going with the flow. I mean, th- nothing's predictable right now, so I can't really say I want to be this, right, for how many years of my life. It's yeah. just going to be changing all the time. So how then do you cope with that? You know, like the, the idea of dynamism, like everything's so dynamic, right, that nothing is really mm. certain. So the fluidity does cause a lot of anxiousness in a lot of people. Mm. Right? Mm. So how do you then manage this? I think the good thing is is um, that would affect uh, the old people, the adults. <laughs> yeah. Right? Because their careers are disrupted and whatnot. Uh, especially COVID. COVID has disrupted a lot of things. Uh, I think we, we've, our upbringing is very good because mm-hmm. our upbringing is unique and it's helped us uh, in this situation. Mm. 
In what sense? Could you just kind of well, the idea is the idea is that we've done together one kind house, one kind block. Eva's Kickstarter project, yeah. my Kickstarter project, and that set us on a on a tangent that we are still following. I think although both of us don't know what we want to do in the future, we 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 are gonna ride off this tangent yeah. for a while and see where it leads us. Yeah, because. Uh, even for me, although I'm so close to university I'm, or, or college, I'm one year away from that, I still don't know what I want to do. And I, I don't know why I'm studying now. And I don't know if I go to university or if I don't, what I would be doing. So the logical thing for me is to work on one kind block and see where that leads yeah. me. There's lots of possibilities from, from there as well because yeah. um, there's this online school, uh, Galileo, who does uh, homeschooling uh, around the world in America, Europe, and Asia. Um, and they want me to do a uh, nano degree for them on Kickstarter projects uh, next month. So that's quite interesting. And then in turn, there's a possibility of me uh, joining them. And be part of, and be part part of them, right? Mm-hmm. So that's exciting. That's pretty interesting. And you said like your upbringing is unique, right? Mm-hmm. And for whatever you just said, I'm curious, like, can you give me some specifics? Like, what are some values that you've been inculcated that you think is helping you thrive or keeping you on track and not be anxious? Uh, what's helped me in Finland is uh, largely in part thanks to One Kind House because One Kind House um, was built on an idea and a set of values of being kind and championing uh, and championing kindness as an ecosystem. Mm. Um, and, you know, it's an active elder aging place for my grandma. Um, we, and so cute. Yeah. Really? really. It's um, so and cute. We've, we've helped her uh, sort of start her second career mm. um, and is rejuvenated her. And for us, we do our projects here and everything. This is our R&D lab that we're in right now. Um, so it's almost like a place of home and uh, a mm. point of view about the world where I can take uh, even to Finland. Yeah. And it grounds me and re- it reminds me of where I come from. Mm. Um, and that's helped me a lot. Mm. And in this R&D lab, what do we have? I think our audience is not here, but I see a lot okay. of stuff. Just kind of bring me through. What do you so have? Here, so I have three sewing machines. They all do different things. So I have an overlocker. I have a, a straight stitcher and then I have a four-way stretch jersey like sewing machine, right? Okay, so, so they're all like industrial machines. So they're all industrial yeah. level, not so like always, a hobby. I always call it like my sweatshop, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? And then behind here, we have my grandmother's old Singer uh, sewing, sewing machines. So you can't see them, but they're actually concealed inside. And then oh. you pull them out, yeah. Oh, that's real cool. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Dylan? And then the uh, we have our latest Snapmaker 3.0, which we uh, ordered actually a year ago, and it yeah. only just came. Damn, but a that's, year? Yeah. That's a delay. <laughs> but that's a, uh, um, that's a three-in-one machine because it's a 3D printer, it's a CNC carver, and it's a laser engraver. Yeah. Uh, three-in-one, and it does, it does it quite well. Do you happen to know how much do these things cost? Uh, I think the snap maker was a thousand to two thousand. Mm-hmm. And then my machines were second hand, so you know. Yeah, I think very tough to find second hand snap maker. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Three years down the road, maybe yes. <laughs> Not now, right? And what about downstairs? I see a lot of equipment downstairs also. Like there's the there's a whole industrial oven. 
Oh yeah, that was, that was an industrial pizza oven which never got used. It never got used? No. It's always been there, right? Yeah, it's always been there. But now we have our own uh, pizza oven also. Yeah. Also from Kickstarter called the... Jumi? Junki? Uh, uni. Uni. It's... No, Finnish. it's Finnish. Yeah, U-U-N-I. Uni. Um, and that's like a, a charcoal or wood pizza oven. It's not so big. Maybe a meter by meter big. Mm-hmm. Um, and it can get to 450 degrees just on charcoal alone. Damn. So we've done pizza nights here where yeah. uh, maybe a minute or a minute and a half can do a full pizza. That's yeah. fast. Yeah. That's cool. That's cool. So all sorts of toys here. Yeah. All yeah. sorts of, you know, for you to play and ideate and research. Yeah. yeah. For the pizza thing, we've uh, done uh, pizza Saturdays where uh, we did like a barter trade system. So... Uh, we tried it on two weekends and then we said whoever comes and wants pizza you bring your plate uh, we'll give you a slice you take it home but give us something in return mm. so we've had obviously our friends from the neighborhood there's one down the road uh, Ali who owns I think 10 or 12 kampong chickens so he gave us all their eggs in return I thought he yeah. gave you the chicken oh. <laughs> uh, that would be great yeah. the dog and the yeah. chicken Oh, okay. That's yeah. not, not that great. It's a different kind of greatness. Yeah. Right? So a lot of vibrancy. But yeah, the eggs. And then because the these are kampong chickens, so they lay eggs everywhere, right? Mm. So some of the eggs, you, you have to go and find. And some are left there for a while. So there's it becomes balut because there's Damn, chicken inside. Yeah. Chicken's really growing. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's, that's real cute. Which is interesting. Then our other neighbor brought uh, their bananas. Uh, in exchange for yeah. pizza, then other people just came and ate and had fun. So yeah. all these other people didn't bring anything. They brought themselves. That was the gift. That's a good start. Yeah. yeah. And and this whole stretch is so interesting. Like there's the whole like there's the the Lok Gural studio. Yeah. Uh, studio the yards, out, out yeah. That was so cool. Yeah. I literally walked was, in. I was like, yeah, this is. Wasn't it Dad's old school? Yeah. yeah it looked like yeah. a school. It it, it was right. his primary it, school yeah. before before it became this. Yeah. I, I always thought his school was like really far away because he was like, oh, every day, 5am, I had to wake up and walk to school. And it's literally down the road. And my grandmother's like, we used to get a rickshaw puller to like actually bring him to school. Yeah, or Uncle, yeah. Uncle King brought him to school. Yeah. Used to it's like literally <laughs> down the road. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's when that's but, when that's dad's magic, right? Yeah, yeah. but to, oversells it. To to answer the earlier question, uh, I set the bar low for Ava because mm-hmm. my dad set the bar low for me. <laughs> you know yes. his his O levels and A levels were so shit he couldn't even get a degree. <laughs> and then he had to struggle to find a job in, in uh what's this seventies or eighties, whatever old he is. And yeah, <laughs> the the period where you should have, you, but you still have rickshaws. Yeah. Right. So you just think about that, right? It's it's crazy. <laughs> but okay. So so then, from there, you guys tried so many different things, right? Mm. And for you, what about Ava? Like, what are some of this unique uniqueness in the family? Uh, yeah, well, I thought Dylan was going to talk about it, but we have a lot of things surrounding like exponential change, mm. right? So. Exponential change is the doubling of computing power, right? It's, yeah, yeah, it's fueled by Moore's, Moore's law. law. And it's pushed by technology, right? Yeah, the doubling of computing power every 18 months. Yeah. So basically, like everything's just going to start changing very rapidly. And like that's how we kind of base our whole family around it. 
Yeah. yeah. Because technology will make jobs easier. Yeah. And Take away a lot yeah, of jobs. You won't even need humans for those jobs. Yeah. Um, and not that it would replace jobs, although it might, but it would definitely disrupt some industries. Yeah. Um, that would disrupt, uh, disrupt others and... Um, yeah, we'll see where it goes from there. Yeah. So it, that, that leads to a lot of uncertainty. A lot of brands, if you ask them whether their jobs will exist in 10 years, um, some would say yes, some would say maybe, but some now will say no. Um, yeah. So then the question is, why are we going to school? And what if the thing we're studying to be uh, is obsolete in yeah. 10 years? Then what will we do? So that's linking back to like when we said sol- solving a problem instead of having a vocation. Because you might run out of... Well, you won't run out of jobs, but maybe like the jobs will keep coming and going, right? But there will always be problems in the world that you can solve. Yeah. So rather than... Yeah. So don't stick to a single career. Like we said, jack of all trades, master of a few. So you have to be adaptable, resilient, all those yeah. 21st century values. Um, and next, the question after that is, does our education system prepare yeah. us for that? Um, and there are systems like Finland, who I'd say is more so because you can go back to uh, university and take courses and relearn throughout yeah. your life. But Singapore, not, not so much. Yeah. Okay. So what, what are some of these 21st century values that you were, you were rushing through that? Uh, I think we... Just uh, offhand. Yeah, we, yeah. We, uh, we talked about it briefly. Adaptability, because, you know, you have to adapt. Yeah. Resilience. Um, because you have to you have yeah. to push through it because no one's done yeah. it before and a lot of empathy yeah empathy um, self-confidence yeah self-confidence because it's, it's the same thing as, as going to the moon you know you, you can't not be resilient self-confident adaptable mm. in, yeah. uh, in the 60s and 70s when, when America wanted to do that yeah yeah and you guys use the word empathy, right? And one mm-hmm. kind house, one kind ball. Yeah. Mm. So much unkind and empathy. What does it actually mean to you? I mean, empathy is putting yourself in other people's shoes, right? It's the f- that's the phrase, right? But that's the yeah. definition, right? Yeah, Everyone that's the, knows definition. the definition. I want to hear from your perspective. Living in an environment, growing up like that, yeah. right? So how do you embrace empathy? What does it mean to you? Uh, to me, empathy is because like it's a very typical answer, but you don't really know where anyone comes from, and they always have a point of view and they have a reason why they do or act a certain way. So you kind of have to accept it and work around it. You know, sometimes it's not within your control. Mm. For me, you're empathetic because what else can you be? Mm. And what would you rather be? And if the answer is something else, then screw you lah. I don't care about you. But, <laughs> but that's not very, that's not very empathetic. Uh, you don't, uh, yeah. You don't say, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just caught you there. <laughs> so, so other than, because that, that is like, that is like telling me what is not, but I want to know what is it. Right, yeah. From so, your view. Um, I think. There's no right or wrong, right? Just, I just yeah, want to hear yeah, your yeah. perspective. Yeah. I think empathy, empathy is a key to help you solve problems as well. Because when you put yourself in other people's shoes, that's when you see things from a different point yeah. of view. And a point of view is what you always need uh, to find out more about the world and yeah. find out what you want to solve as well. Yeah. Okay. So then what are some of these problems that you guys are trying to solve? Are you doing all these projects, mm-hmm. running yeah. all these Kickstarters? Well, for me, it's making cities fertile, right? For all those reasons of being self-sustainable, you know, 60% of the world lives in cities. You want to reconnect your kids to nature. Yeah. 
Uh, there are benefits to society as well. A study by N Parks has shown that farming helps with depression and dementia and the elderly. Uh, you know, it de-stresses adults and parents and it promotes mindfulness. Um, and if you're a kid and you see stuff growing from seed to plant in, let's say, 30 days, right, spinach, it uh, makes you conscious of your food. And uh, at least for me, it made me less uh, wasteful. Uh, because you know where your food comes from and you see how much effort it takes into growing it. Uh, so yeah, Making Cities Fertile, um, I did a book, The Big Red Dot, right, which was a children's book to adults about uh, re becoming a kid again, you know, mm -hmm. be imaginative, stop saying no all the time, um, and have those 21st century values yeah. of resilience, adaptability, um, and the question to ask why and why not. The ability to ask why and why not. Yourself? Um, well, you can see that I'm very involved in gender equality and things like that. Um, but I'm also surrounded by people who are like Dylan and all his issues and things like that. So, like, I would consider myself an intersectional feminist, right? So that's someone who takes into consideration the different variables that can affect gender equality too. So it's not just female, male, you know, it can branch out into like LGBTQ, it can branch out into racism, it can, all these different things. So it's, it's like you said, the point of view thing, you kind of have to have a few point of views. It's not always just like so straightforward. Yeah. yeah. So then what, what, what is your project hoping to solve? Well, my project is hoping to empower the next generation of 21st century heroines. So by that, I mean like, you know, Dylan said, adults, you know, they're going to be bothered by all these things. But you have to bring up your children to be empowered and to be able to, like, not scared to ask these questions, to question a system, to question the way we're living and things like that. So, yeah. Mm. So that's female empowerment. It's not just female empowerment. It's also, it's just empowerment in general. Mm. Then you go on to, like, find your own path and things like that, yeah. Mm. So, so I have a specific question to the empowerment part, right? So mm. is equality, you know, the drive? Like you're trying to drive for equal rights? Or yeah. are you trying to drive for more rights for the disempowered? There's a world of difference there, right? Yeah. Um, if we're, it depends on what you're talking about also. But I, like, I would say I'm a person for equality, right? Mm. Be because the, the thing about equality, the, the central idea of equal, yeah. right, where everybody is the same, but, mm -hmm. but that's, not, that's not the basis. But of with, yeah, the thing is, with equality, you also have like, like the seesaw analogy. My dad likes to talk about the seesaw analogy. So if you think about it, two people sitting on a seesaw, and then like, if we're talking about gender equality and we're just talking about men and women, right, the men would be on the bottom and the women would be on top. We did a video about this, yeah. right? And the men have the power to push off and become equal, but, you know, they just decide not to. And any tilt in the seesaw feels like oppression to them. Because to them, it's yeah. equal. To them, mm -hmm. they've always seen life in this point of view. So, like, when the woman finally pushed down, there will, it won't just become equal, it will also sway side to side, right? And we have to be comfortable with that, you know, balancing act, yeah. In that sense... Okay, because the word is always it's about equal, right? It's always yeah. about equal, and and you know, it's something that it's a, it's a bit off topic. Yeah. But it's something that me and my friends always talk about. Like, what does equal mean, right? Yeah. Because when we look at you know um, a lot of the movement, whether it's the LGBT movement mm -hmm. or feminism movement, it is about more, 
Yeah. It's about one side wanting more. Mm-hmm. Right? Objectively, when you look at it, it's just yeah. under the banner of equality, under the banner of fairness. Mm-hmm. But the objective goal is to get more rights for a certain community. Yeah. Right? So, in that sense, do you feel that it destabilizes the, the, well, the society? I mean, it, it has to destabilize it before it becomes equal. I mean, that's kind of how it works. That's the swing back and forth. Yeah, that's the swing about. back and forth. So do you feel like your future, like where do you hope society progress towards your, your viewpoint? To me, the most important thing is having open conversations. And right I think, now. yeah, yeah. People should be able to have open conversations to be able to question so, like what's going on and nobody getting like, I mean, you can get offended, but nobody getting offended and, you know, getting passive-aggressive. You know, everyone just being open, being able to have an inclusive conversation so that they can understand why things are that way, where we can change things and how we can improve and This is society. where the empathy comes in. Yeah. Mm, yeah. That's cool. Do you feel like you come from a privileged background, in a sense? I mean, you have all yeah. these toys, you have yeah. this space, you have all this. Yeah. And how does that then inform your worldview? You know? Uh being privileged in that sense. Interestingly, I never thought I was privileged. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because yeah. we're we are not, well, we're not rich lah. We are still middle class, but we are a bit on the higher side. Mm. But like, uh, in Baka, I was at least with the not, si- not similar economic status. So, I don't mm. know. I never, I never saw myself as privileged yeah. until I realized it. Uh, but that took a yeah. global point of view. Yeah, and, that, and that's true. Because when you, when you think about privilege, you're always using like the stereotypical, like, do you have money? Do you have a roof over your head? And stuff like that. But also, like, I think about all the things that I've learned and my parents who've given us this, like, opportunity to do these projects. And I couldn't imagine myself having a different point of view from now. You know, I couldn't imagine myself poring over, like, PSLE, end of year tests. You know, I just, like, yeah. <laughs> I get it, I get it. And my question comes from the view that I think a lot of people that, uh, they, uh, they take sides, right? So the people that don't understand the privilege, they tend to, um, you know, for like a better way to put it, just be very, they hate the privilege, lah. Mm. Right, and then for for the for the for the ones that are privileged, there there's a good bunch of them that do come from the moral high ground, mm. and they look at everything from like oh you know the world can be better blah 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 you know and those things are uh, are great. I'm not saying they're not good, but a lot of times when you have not gone through the struggle, how does that then inform your worldview? Right, because someone that grows up from a very like normal like legit mm-hmm. like very average family that lives in HDB, right? 80% of people mm-hmm. in Singapore yeah, lives in yeah. HDB and they have a certain, uh, you know, story in their head. They have a certain, you know, narrative that they grew up with, mm-hmm. right? And I, after interviewing a lot of people, I can tell the difference, right? I, I can feel the stark difference in, in their narrative and, and your narrative. So I, I think it's, mm. it's great that you guys have this narrative. I'm not saying that's bad. Yeah. Mm. You know, but I'm curious, like, how does, how does your privilege then help you to like further propagate your views mm-hmm. that's a good I, question yeah. I, I, I don't know because when I think of helping people I, I have to think of all economic status and all points of view so I don't bias myself with being of higher economic status mm-hmm. and, and of privilege so unfortunately I can't 
yeah. uh, answer it in that way. It's okay. Yeah, but it's just something to think about because I do observe a lot mm-hmm. of that from a lot of people. It's not, not unique yeah. to you guys. Right? It's uh, people that do better. They have a certain worldview. Mm-hmm. And many a times, uh, it's not very, it may not be very real yeah. for the people that are just really starting out, really on the ground. You know, some research yeah. I've shown right, uh, about savings, like getting people to save. And I want the best way to get people to save is literally just a notification nudge. Yeah. You know, it's not, it's not about all the complex savings plans and all this kind mm-hmm. of stuff. It's just a simple daily SMS nudge. Yeah. You know, and they, they tried it out in Africa and it's very effective because of the dopamine and the, you know, the mental emotional mm-hmm. rush it's notifying so it's, it's a very different view because that's mm. a very yeah. practical approach they tried it on the very very bottom of society yeah. mm. and then what you guys are saying is very like big picture big picture yeah. right? which, is, which is fine but worth thinking about okay mm. and then so when you look at it from your viewpoint right, you've done the Singapore education system you've done mm. the foreign education system what do you think can be better for the Singapore stuff it's a tricky question Mm. Nothing political, it's just your opinion. Yeah. Right? Your thoughts. Singapore has always been very. Uh, a lot of their decisions have been made on the economy, what? Because we are thriving port and we are, you know, very successful and yeah. everything. Um, but that then just naturally, by series of events, our education system is tailored to the economy. So do we need more lawyers, engineers? Then there's a fixed number of spots in polys. And then mm-hmm. you go apply, but if you can't make it, then you're, you're out, you know. Mm-hmm. So then the education system becomes a bit more like a factory, a bit like a streaming system. Yeah. So you got the A class, and then you have the B class, and then you have the... C. Yeah, which is for us the normal, yeah. normal technical stream. Right? Yeah. So there's, there's a lot of streaming in that sense. But in, at least when I go to Finland, the focus a yeah. lot is on uh, lifelong learning. Um, and when you're older, you're able to reinvent yourself. And That's the national tagline, right? Yeah. Lifelong learning. Now. Yeah. Mm. And uh, <laughs> the, the, the syllabus is such that the teachers, they're uh, very highly trained and they can tailor the yeah. syllabus to the students specifically. Mm. So they have a lot of control and the students have a lot of control of uh, what they want to learn, at yeah. least more so in middle school. High school, uh, you know, they might aspire to be mm. something specifically. Yeah. And right. I, I just want to chime in to the listeners. We're not trying to promote international schools. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're just trying to let you hear a different perspective because I just happened, I just realized that they are studying for international yeah. school. Right? And they have a very different perspective of how to nurture themselves mm-hmm. and nurture the next generation. Yeah, and right? very clearly, it's not that one, one side is better than the other because there's a lot in Singapore's system that Finland could also benefit from. Yeah, um, And Definitely. vice versa. Um, but if, if I'm just talking about um, Finland, those are, the, yeah. those are the strong points that Singapore could uh, adopt. Mm-hmm. Because Singapore's education system has of late wanted to veer more to that lifelong learning side yeah. and uh, learning through play. But it's very difficult when the whole education system is built mm-hmm. around the economy and the yeah. culture yes. is such that it feels a $1.5 billion tuition industry. Oh, yeah. tell me about that. Yes, yeah, and I like, think it's crazy. There's, uh, in contrast, there's no tuition in Finland. Uh, at least it's run by uh, students. 
if I'm not wrong, it's not legal to have a tuition. Really? Yeah, to have a tuition. But I could be wrong on that. Mm. But we I've should, heard we should somewhere. absorb that $1.5 billion. I mean, okay, for me, I read like Teo Yu Yuan's book on this is inequality in Singapore. It's called This is Inequality, but it's about inequality in Singapore. And like, what I learned was like our current education system actually kind of widens inequality in some ways. Like Dylan said, $1.5 billion tuition industry, mm. right? So only the rich can afford extra tuition. What's, you know, what's up with that? I think also now the, the average middle class can afford tuition. Yeah. The poor cannot. Yeah. And it further sways the dynamics, right? Yeah. Because ultimately it is a yeah. filtering system. And for example, I'm, I'm looking to uh, collaborate with Daughters of Tomorrow, right? Which is a non-profit organization to help single mothers. And I've been with, like, in their poverty simulation and I've been quite... I've been trying to involve myself, right? In their activities. And what I realise is a lot of these single mothers and their children, they can't afford education or education on the same level that, say, Dylan and I will get our education. And like... Even though they might go to like a local school, it still makes a very, very big difference. What school do you go to, you know? Definitely. So that's a much bigger problem, mm. not for us yeah. now. Mm. Down the road, maybe, you never know, right? And for our many listeners, right? So most of them, i just give you some uh, background, right? So most of mm-hmm. our listeners are like PMETs, 2030s, they started mm-hmm. working, right? So it's interesting to hear from your viewpoint. Mm. And I think many people actually feel jaded at the workplace. Right, so how will you give them some thoughts? So how to make life more interesting, more fun? Live in a house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, go buy that shop house like uh, dump truck. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Any thoughts? To make working more bearable. Yeah, just make it more fun because you more actually fun. work a lot, right? Like you guys are just like working over the weekend and yeah. doing your thing. Yeah, but technically know. we are uh, self-employed. The bad is still yeah. work, right? You still gotta work. Yeah. There's still yeah. irritating parts to it. Right? Yeah. How do you how do you how do you just kinda of make your life more mm-hmm. interesting and helps you through this? Do you remember that article? Like Dad always sends so many articles. The one with with the Harvard study with the jobs. He doesn't just driven, send you like, articles, like, he sends a whole Facebook it's, it's the, loads of articles. Yeah, yeah, right? I know. Like, it's a, a whole group chat. Yeah. <laughs> Our group chat is like every morning it's like, eh. Have you read the articles? You should mm. read the articles. It's very important, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah. I'm like, okay. He shares a lot of yes. articles, right? So yeah, which one? <laughs> um, there was one where he... It was like Harvard studies and like purpose-driven life. Like It's like you won't get tired of your job as easily because when you're looking to solve a problem, again, going back to the problem-solving and things like that, you know, you'll just do whatever you can... To solve that problem, you you won't like... The work yeah. is the reward, is it? Yeah. Okay, that's cool. That's interesting. So, to end off today, I think we've, we've, you've shared a lot. Uh, just kind of share with us, like, where can they find you? What are your projects? What's going yeah. on? Uh, just give a shout out. Um, the One Kind Blog is currently wrapping up uh, preparation for the second launch. Mm-hmm. So, uh, if you want to find out more about uh, us and when we launch or if we've launched already uh, it's at onekindblock.com or facebook.com slash onekindblock yeah. um, and if you want to find out more about One Kind House we're also on Facebook at facebook.com slash onekindhouse 
Um, and we also have a website if you want to buy uh, my GIY stick or my big red dot book uh, then, at onekindhouse.com. Yeah. For me, I'm working with Dylan's friend to do up a website, but I will be doing like updates on Facebook and Instagram. So you can find me there. Facebook is like DOTR. Yeah. And then Instagram is just DOTR, DOTR. And my website will probably be linked to those pages. DOTI. Yeah. D-O-T-R. Doses of the Revolution, so D-O-T-R. So D-O-T-R, D-O-T-R. Yeah, that's my Instagram. Instagram. Okay, thank you. Thanks for coming on. Uh, Hope you learned something and hope you had fun. Yeah, thanks for having us. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, I hope you learned something useful today and truly appreciate that you took time off to better your life with the financial coconut. Knowledge is that much more powerful and interesting when shared, debated and discussed. Join our community telegram group, follow us on our socials, sign up for weekly newsletter. Everything is in the description below. And if you love us and want to help us grow, definitely share the podcast with your friends and on your socials. Also, if you have any interesting thoughts to share or you know someone interesting that you want us to hear from or you want everyone to get to know, reach out to us through... Hello at thefinancialcoconut.com With that, have a great day ahead. Stay tuned next week and always remember, personal finance can be chill, clear and sustainable for all.